want to welcome everybody back to Talking Softball with Coach B. We are flying through the fall season. The weather has changed. We've put the heat of the summer behind us, and we're getting a lot better weather on the weekends. It's more conducive for us playing, and it's a, a beautiful time of the year. It's enjoyable to not be out there getting beat down by 100-degree temperatures every day when you're playing on the field. I know that all of our teams are in full play mode and practice mode right now and there's a lot of big events going on we just wrapped up the uh, ronald mcdonald and by the time this airs we'll be getting ready for uh, texas gold cup and the tfl fall championships and that'll be the end of the fall for us so you know we're not far from thanksgiving and you know that leads us into a time of year that i think is critically important and that's that off season that we have especially for our young players. You know, they're going to have an off-season from mid-November, early November into the end of February, early March. Obviously, the high school players, they're going to get a break until their season starts back up practice in mid-January and playing in February. But it's an important time. It's a good time for our players to refresh and recover from the fall. And I think that's critical, but it's also a good time that we can really concentrate on some player development and work on some skills development that we need to have for our players to improve and continue to get better. So today I want to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about a topic that a lot of coaches and I have discussed over the last five or six years, you know, and that goes back to my time as a college coach and leading into my time now in, in select softball. But we see this a lot, and it's not just our sport. It's athletics in general, and I think in turn, it's also a part of our life today in general. So the topic I want to talk about, and I want to talk to players, coaches, parents, everybody with this, is making sure that we're not creating robots. What do I mean by that? Well, we're in a time now where everybody engaged in our sport, for the most part, is also engaging in lessons. They're working out with pitching coaches. They're working out with defensive coaches, hitting coaches, speed and agility coaches. Everything they're doing is directed, right? And all of the skill development, which is great, right? If they're getting quality instruction and they're continuing to improve their skills, obviously that's outstanding. But, you know, I think we also have to look at it as how are we teaching them to use those skills? How are we taking them not only through the mechanical development of a skill, but also the mental understanding of how to use that skill. I think that becomes critically important. And a good friend of mine, rest his soul, he made a comment a couple years ago that I won't forget because I agree with him. Because most of us now are coaching with wristbands, right? Our players have wristbands on their wrist. We call offensive signals. We call defensive signals. We call pitches. 
everything's on a wristband. And he said, you know what, Kevin? He said, we're creating a society of players that they just have a barcode on their wrist. And you just scan that barcode to tell them what to do. And, you know, we talked quite a bit about it, and it made a lot of sense because there's so much more that goes into being an outstanding player and developing an outstanding team than just skill. I'm at fault. I sit on a bucket on the weekends, and I call pitches, and my pitcher looks at her wristband, and then she executes the pitch, hopefully, that we called. Right? We call a curveball. She's going to throw a curveball. Okay? I don't know if we take enough time to explain why we called that curveball in that situation or where we truly want that curveball to be when Susie lets it go, you know? So she goes to a lesson, and her pitching coach teaches her a grip on how to throw a curveball. And she gets the correct spin on it, and that ball moves, you know, right to left, left to right, depending if they're right or left-handed. But it moves, and we call it a curveball. And if it moves a lot, we say, hey, great job. That was a great curveball. But in that lesson, there was no consequence of missing with that curveball and leaving it in the hitting zone where a hitter can put solid barrel on that ball. So we end up with pitchers, and I added a couple pitchers this year, and I'm getting to know them through the, the fall season, and I'll talk to them about, okay, what pitches do you throw? And they'll give me their list. Well, I've got a rise ball, I've got a curve ball, I've got a drop ball, okay? Inevitably, which is really funny, none of them ever say, I throw a fastball because we've created this mindset in our game that there's no room for the fastball and softball, which I just don't understand, but that's a whole other topic. But they give us a list of the pitches they throw. Well, then I'll turn around and I'll say, okay, what pitch do you want to throw when you're ahead in the count? What pitch do you want to throw when you're behind in the count and we need to have a strike? What location are you going to throw that pitch to so we can have success with that? And sometimes the look I get back is one of, well, what do you mean, coach? I, these are the pitches I have. Well, no. There's more that goes into it than just having a set of skills, right? It's like having a toolbox full of the best tools available, but not knowing how to use them or when to use them, right? So I think it's really important for us as coaches and really important for us as lesson instructors that we understand that we need to be not only teaching a skill, but how do they use that skill? And how do they adjust that skill? What do they do when we're not in a perfect controlled environment in a cage with me tossing the ball at a hitter? What is she going to be able to do when that pitcher in the circle 
is changing speeds and changing pitch location and moving the ball up, down, in, out. How are we going to teach her to adjust her skill set to still have a chance to be successful? And, you know, I think that's critical. And, you know, today is a much different time. I look back to when I was young and I'm going to be that old guy now that talks about back in my day. Well, fortunately, when I was young, we were able to go out and play pickup games. And we went out and played pickup games in open lots. We played wiffle ball in the backyard. You know, we played tape ball. We did. We played stick ball. We had all of these different games that we created with our friends, right? And we played those games. We didn't have to have 18 players. We didn't wear uniforms. We didn't have coaches telling us what to do. We just figured it out. If we were in a controlled space and we couldn't have three bases, well, then we had two bases. We learned how to use ghost runners. We learned how to do different things. You hit the ball on top of the house, that's an out. Well, I got to adjust. I got to make sure that I'm not dropping and lifting and popping everything up. And we don't do that now. And obviously, we live in a different world, and I'm not suggesting that we just let our kids run free because we know that's probably not a safe environment. But do believe that we're missing a big component when we don't explain why and how to use the skills that we're teaching our players, right? And number two, giving them an opportunity to learn how to adjust their skill sets and adapt their skill sets on their own. And I've talked to college coaches that have said, hey, you know, we take a day every couple of weeks where the coaches just sit back And we tell the players, play workup, play stickball, play something that's out of the norm of everyday routines that these players get caught in. And I think that's a big part of it because players end up, you know, they go to a pitching lesson. This week they're going to work on their curveball and their changeup. Okay. So how are they going to use those pitches? And there's some pitching coaches out there that will tell you throwing to a location doesn't matter. And I'm not sitting here to get in an argument. I'm just expressing an opinion of you need to understand how to pitch, not just how to throw pitches. You know, our pitchers need to understand that not all of them have the ability to just reach back and throw a ball by somebody. And if they can't locate a pitch, then it creates a real disadvantage for them and for our defense and everybody engaged on that side of the ball. And the advantage goes to that hitter in the box. You know, as hitters, I hear it all the time. Oh, the pitching's so slow, I just can't hit it. Are you making adjustments? Are you changing your timing? You know, are you changing your stride to create a different timing or tempo so that you can deliver the barrel on time? Are you trying to adjust your swing with your hands 
or your swing path versus trying to keep it simple and just adjust your timing with your feet. Just adjust what we're doing when we start our swing in the base and then everything after that will follow. You know, are they understanding to look for pitch location? Right? Do they understand what part of the zone they hit well in and what part of the zone they might not hit as well in? And what part of the zone are they looking for in key situations? Right? Runner on third, less than two outs. Am I looking for a ball that I can elevate and get to the outfield for a sack fly? Because that's an option to score the runner. I don't just have to get a hit, or I don't have to just hit the ball out of the ballpark to score runs. I have to understand how to create offense. And that's my job with the bat in my hand. I have to know what I'm doing at the plate to create those opportunities. Base runners, do we understand situations? Are we reading keys like, man, that grass is really long. Ground ball gets hit out to the outfield. They're going to have to come really hard to come and get it and make a throw. Or, ooh, that grass is cut really short. That means ball in the gap is going to be hard for them to get to. So I'm going to go through. You know, that ball may go through, so I'm going to be looking for extra bases. You know, where's the wind blowing from? Where's that big burning ball of fire in the air at that can create chaos for outfielders? What's their arm strength? Did we watch them throw in pregame to see what their arm strength is? You know, do they attack the ball? Do they stay back on the ball? Are they playing deep? Are they playing shallow? You know, there's so much that we have to look at as a base runner. Do I have somebody in front of me? You know, are they fast? Are they slow? Do I have to be heads up and make sure I don't overrun them? How many outs are there? What's the score? We had a situation recently, and this is, you know, this is probably the most frustrating thing I deal with, and I'm sure a lot of coaches feel the same, is get that base runner on, key situation, you get your leadoff runner on, Got her at first base, next kid up, hammers a line drive, but hits it right at somebody, and that base runner at first base takes off like their hair's on fire. And we get doubled up and get knocked out of a key situation. Instead of an opportunity to, okay, we had the line drive out, that's going to happen, but we still have a runner on first with the next runner coming up, right? to now we have two outs, nobody on, and we got to figure out how to start a rally again. we got to figure out what we need to do to get the momentum back to our side in that inning. And there's so many of those things that have to be taught. And they're taught in game situations. They're taught in practice situations. But coaches, we have to teach them. I see so many things happen on the field that may not have been done correctly and a player will walk back to the dugout and a coach provides no correction or no insight. And I'm not saying they have to lose their mind. I'm not. But I'm saying, are they using that as a teaching moment? Are they helping that player get better? Or are we just continuing to expect these players to go to lessons and learn their skills 
so that when they come out on the field and play, it just happens. Because in most situations, it doesn't. Now, obviously, there is an upper echelon of player, a top part of the of the bell curve that they're very talented and have an understanding of the game. And the game's easy for them. But the majority of the players in our game today, the game just doesn't come easy to them. They have to work hard at it. And us as coaches, we need to continue to teach them the game. Parents, you need to continue to create opportunities for them to learn the game. If you're watching and your daughter's not learning the game, then you're really just spending a lot of money over here on the lesson side to learn a skill but you're not able to take it out here on the game field and put it into work and put it into real time and real play, okay? We would never buy someone a weapon and load it for them and then tell them to go out hunting. We would teach them how to use the weapon We would teach them everything it takes to understand how the weapon works and the safety involved in it and everything that goes with it. And then we would put them in an environment again, probably with someone that can show them how to put it into application and be done properly. What's the same expectation with what we do in softball? Hopefully, our players are going to quality instructors and they're learning how to use their skills or develop their skills and hone their trade. But then when we put them out on the field, are we truly teaching them how to use that or are we just controlling every movement? And it really concerns me when I see it in the young age groups. Right? We, we take these young players, you got to stand here, stand right there. Okay? Stand right there. Well, the ball gets hit to them, they field it when they stand right there. But when it's hit to either side of them, they're not quite sure what they're supposed to do. Or they're not sure how to work with the other person standing on the other side of the ball so they can work together as a unit to make that play efficiently. Yeah, we talk about the talent quality is rising, and I think it is to a point because our participation numbers continue to grow. So with that, obviously, there's going to be more talent. But over here on this side, I have so many conversations with people that say, man, today's kid just doesn't understand the game. And I experienced that as a college coach. You know, we'd spend our entire fall trying to educate our newcomers on what the expectations were coming into our program and how we played the game. And uh, I made this comment, you know, when we were talking about the coaching academy on teaching a philosophy or teaching an action plan to meet our philosophy, that's it. You know, we have this mission statement or program statement that we want to play at a certain level. 
Well, in order for us to do that, then there has to be an action plan to meet that program statement or that goal. And we can't do that with a bunch of robots. We just, we have to allow these kids or these players, I hate to use the word kids, these players, the opportunity to learn how to use their skills. And when they fail, we point it out and we give them instruction on how to improve it. But we just cannot continue to create players that are playing with a barcode on their wrist. Do I think the wristband signal system works? Absolutely. I think it's very efficient. But there has to be a why. Why do we run this first and third in that situation? Why are we in this bunt coverage? What's the expectation when we're in this rotation? Okay. Offensively, why are we in a hit and run situation now? Why does this create the best opportunity for a hit and run? You know, why would we straight steal here and not steal there? There has to be so much more that's taught because we talk about player IQ. Well, they learn their their player IQ from the people that are providing them with the instruction and the information. And that becomes our lesson instructors, and they need to be teaching the why also. But then it also falls on our coaches that are working with our players. And players, my challenge to you is ask why. Ask why. Don't be afraid to fail. Take a chance. Can you make that play on the run? That slow roller, can I pick that up and make that play on the run? If not, then I need to work on that. Because there's going to be times in games where I have to be able to make that play on the run. Or I have to think as a base runner. You know, again, back in our day, we watched a lot of baseball on TV, and we learned a lot from doing that also, or going out and watching older teams play and really watching the game and paying attention and learning. I'm not sure a lot of that happens now. I mean, I think it does to a point, but I, I don't know that there's a lot of information gathering and understanding of concepts once we take that information in. So that's my challenge today, coaches. Let's not create robots. Parents, make sure you're in an environment where your player's not being taught to be a robot. And players, don't be robots. Know why. Know why you're being asked to do something. Know why. It needs to be done that way. Know when you need to do something a certain way. And make sure you're putting your work in to learn how to make those plays. So I appreciate everybody listening today. You know, again, I want to continue to wish everybody the best of luck on the field. I hope that everybody is enjoying our great game and enjoying the beautiful weather we're getting to play it in. You will be getting more information about the Coaching Academy. It will be after the first of the year, but I'm excited about that, and I think it's going to be something that hopefully coaches are going to enjoy. And as always, if you ever have any questions, comments, ideas, please visit us on our Facebook page, Talking Softball with Coach B. I'll try to get to any questions there may be. I'll either answer them here, or we can answer them through email, text, or a phone call. I just want to thank everybody for spending the day with us on Talking Softball with Coach B. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you're enjoying 
Talking Softball with Coach B. I ask you to subscribe through your local podcast provider. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash talking softball gives you an opportunity to provide feedback and also provide any questions that you might want us to answer on an upcoming episode this has been talking softball with coach b and i want to thank you for listening and i hope everybody has a great day